0: You have to realize just how strange a week it was i mean first we entered jerusalem jerusalem imagine me a a poor fisherman from galilee and, and now we're in jerusalem and we were surrounded by hundreds even thousands of people waving palms and shouting hosannas and a few days later those same folks would be shouting crucify him but i'm getting ahead of myself tell you the following days were a blur but I do remember that dinner though we gathered and shared the Passover meal at least I think it was Passover it might have been the night before strange I'd forgot such an important detail important at the time anyway it was a strange week we had shared the wine and the meal and had not yet had that final wine And I remember Rabbi taking the bread and asking for its blessing, sharing with each of us. Then he did the same with the wine. He told us we were sharing his body and blood, which in light of what happened later, makes a lot more sense. At the time, it was was kind of shocking to hear him speak so openly about his death. But that wasn't the most shocking part of the meal. Midway through dinner, I saw Rabbi move to the corner of the room. He bent down to take off his robe and tied a towel around his waist. This was very strange. We all kept talking, but but I know each one of us was watching him out of the corner of our eye. He went to one of our brothers, Philip, I think, and bent down at his waist. Now we had spent these past years with Jesus, but had never seen him do anything like this. He was always at the front, always the leader. Now here he was on his knees bending toward Philip. And he took Philip's foot and began to slowly wash it with water from a nearby basin. He took the towel and wrapped it around his foot and dried it. Then he did the same with the other foot. I tell you, you could have heard a pin drop. All conversation simply stopped. We actually gave up the ruse of pretending to talk and eat and share the meal. I remember hearing someone gasp. I stared at the teacher as he silently took another brother's foot and wordlessly continued the washing. Now, even today, as you know, washing someone's feet is something a servant does. It's an act of great humility. It's not what any of us expected from our Lord, from the teacher. We'd seen him do some odd things during our journeys, putting mud in a man's eyes to restore his sight urge us to love our enemies, even our hated Roman overlords, but nothing like this. If he was the Messiah we had waited for so long, this wasn't the Messiah that any of us had expected. Doing the work of a servant, what kind of Messiah does that? This was just before what I call the dark days, the days leading up to that horrific crucifixion of seeing our friend. Our teacher helpless up there on the cross. Now Simon Peter, always quick to question Rabbi, at first resisted. You will never wash my feet. You know, I always admired how Peter would say the things the rest of us were thinking. After Jesus let him know in no uncertain terms that he would have his feet washed, Peter then asked for a bath, a bath. I know he regretted that for several months after All the things happened. It wasn't his biggest regret, I know. There was the denial on the night of the capture. But this just added to his overall shame. I don't think he ever got over that. Rabbi worked his way around the room. Those who had had their feet washed looked changed somehow. Like they had been deeply touched and warmly, warmly comforted. And gradually conversation returned around the table. I have this dream, and it keeps coming back to me, especially when I'm feeling vulnerable, which is often these days. In the dream, I'm always barefoot. I rarely walk around shoeless in real life, so so my feet are sensitive to begin with. But in the dream, it's even more so. It's almost impossible to think about walking on anything, even the floor. And the grass on the ground could cut my soles. Even the smallest pebble would cause me great pain. I'll never forget the feeling of having my feet touched and washed by our beloved teacher. His hands were rough from the years of living off the land. He poured water over my foot, the right one, I think. I was shocked by how cool it was. Then he gently rubbed my foot and dried it with a towel. I tried to turn my eyes, but he kept looking up at me drawing me back in. I finally looked directly at him, and his eyes were pools of mystery, pools of pain, but also of a new kind of deep, deep love. Looking into his eyes changed me. After he washed my feet, I felt that some of that vulnerability, the pain that kept coming to me in my dreams, had been relieved. I was already clean, but now I felt renewed somehow, like something new had begun. That would turn out to be the brightest moment in any of our lives for a while. You know, about the arrests, the beatings, Rabbi's excruciating march up those cobblestone streets of Jerusalem, the thousands spitting on him and now shouting, crucify him, crucify him. We watched everything standing by, helpless to help our teacher who had helped us so much. But you, my children, you know this. You know all this. And we'll walk in that darkness together over these coming days. But for right now, I want us to revel in the light. In that last moment when I looked in teacher's eyes as he dried my tired feet, when I, when I looked into the deep mysteries that he carried and shared with me that night. In a few minutes, we'll, as is our custom, watch each other's, wash each other's feet. We'll reenact that almost final act of humility of our teacher, our rabbi, the one we together now call our Christ. And while we won't have Jesus here to do the washing, like I and my brothers had, those many years ago. We'll have each other. And the Christ that we've been baptized into, the brother and sisterhood of this church, will be there with us in the washing. While you're doing it, I urge us to look into each other's eyes. Look into each other's eyes as we do the washing and see the deep mysteries that we share as we too move through these days of darkness. Now well, I know it'll be awkward. It always is. I urge us to reflect on the light that we're just starting to see on the horizon, after the darkness, when we celebrate the first resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I urge us to see the light of the second resurrection, when we'll all join with the teacher, the rabbi, the Christ, and each other for eternity. Amen.